right, welcome everyone to another episode of Four Layered Takes. On this episode, we will be reviewing Biggie's documentary on Netflix, I Got a Story to Tell, and following up on a conversation that we had about the five greatest rappers of all time. That should be a lively conversation. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> you never want to miss it. I'm your girl, Kim. It's me, Mimi. Girl, Mel. It's your boy, Marcus, a.k.a. Moneybag Joe, a.k.a. Stimmy Poppy, a.k.a. $1,400 Fiend. It is March 16th at 7.33 p.m., and I still have not got my stimulus check, Joe Biden. <laughs> okay. You better check with who you bank with. Who you bank with? Because some of them banks been holding them checks too. I haven't I, got mine. I didn't get mine. Yeah, I saw people on Twitter like going off on Wells Fargo and going off on Chase because they were like, it kept saying pending and Wells Fargo was like, was like, well, we hold it because of something, something. And Chase said the same thing. And they was like, this was the last straw. We're taking our business elsewhere. And I'm like, Calm where y'all down. going? <laughs> like, no, you need y'all going, need money. right? And um, I don't even qualify for it. So for all okay, of you all, all right. no, no, no. Hey. So for all of you all that are getting your stimmy, uh, pass some over here. Give your girl a brunch <laughs> or a lunch or a gift card. Just saying, <laughs> I get nothing out of this, but I'm so happy for everyone else. I got a mimosa for you when the world opened back up. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. We about to get. To, we about to get. Uh, we can go get most when we get this second shot. I'm like, I can't wait. I know. I got one shot down. My arm's still a little sore, but uh, it was Keep moving fine. It. Keep moving it. Okay, but I hadn't had any effects like that, so knock on wood. And um, yeah, I'm like, I can't wait to get this second shot. I'm going back outside, bitches. Let's do this. Where y'all want to go? Where y'all want to go? Where we getting drinks at? Where we getting tacos at? Because I'm down. What a hoes <laughs> Right. What a hoes <laughs> Where are all the hoes? That's really, that's really what's up. So, yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. All three of us have gotten our first shot, waiting on our second shot. So, yeah. If you guys out there, if you're listeners, you can get the shot. You qualify. Please get, you know, get the shot and keep everybody safe. You know, keep our grandparents and our parents and people with a uh, compromised immune system safe. So we're gonna get we're gonna hit that herd immunity one day. All right, y'all. So we all watched uh, the documentary about Notorious B.I.G. Um, on Netflix, and I think we were talking a couple of minutes ago. It's the first time I've seen it, and I was like, "Oh, it wasn't a lot of new information about him because there's movies and other documentaries. We we've all lived." you know, kind of, we grew up in the 90s, so we know, like, his story. Um, I thought it, but I did think it was really interesting, and I, I was, I liked the way they told the story from his friend's perspective, like his friend's friends, right. and I didn't, I didn't understand that he and Puff didn't come up together, like, they met when well, he, right. you know, yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, I, I missed that somehow in, you know, in my mind, so I was like, oh, I, he wasn't original, he wasn't, he's not an original junior mafia, he's a bad boy. Oh, well, yeah. Now, so <laughs> did they release, uh, I meant to ask this before, did they do this documentary for the anniversary of his death, which was March 9th, or yeah, was there so. some, okay. Mm. Okay, okay. I don't know, because it was out before then. Mm-hmm. But it's I think it was, it was out, well, I, not on March 9th, but I think it was out like, wait, a the week, week or two before? before? Yeah, just before, a week. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, but it was. I, I thought it was. It was really good. I thought that um, it was a little bit long, um, but overall, I, I thought it was. It was a pretty good documentary, and it was. It was interesting to to hear about his life behind the music. Um, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Did y'all Did y'all like it, Marcus? What'd you think? No, like I like you. Like I, I thought it was one of like we, we've gotten so many like big biggie documentaries, all that. Like we've gotten so many of those like movies and stories and everything. But I feel like this was like more like one of the better depictions of his life, like a like a celebration of his life, not just all the negativity and everything. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I really enjoyed it. Like it, and like you say, it was the new videos like that we had never seen before, and I felt like it even humanized them even more to me because like Biggie is my favorite rapper of all time, and like to me he's he's big he's bigger than life. But like this made me like connect more with him if that makes sense. Uh-huh. And it just like it just showed like the the relationships that he had before he got I guess big or whatever you know he he was always popping, but like the relationships that he had before he blew it that kind of shaped the music. Yeah. Yeah, they shut the sound. Mimi, what do you think? Just like overall, uh, yeah, I liked it because I liked it because uh, I feel like all the ones that I've seen before, almost at least half of them focus on the the murder and the all the beef that went into yeah. that. And this one didn't really focus on that. It focused on like his childhood. Mm-hmm. I learned about his dad. I saw a picture of his dad for the first time ever. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I like that it spent a lot of time in Jamaica because, um, yeah, like I was saying, like I knew that his mom was, was Jamaican and they were originally from there or whatever, kind of in the back of my mind. But when they kind of put together him going there every summer, I think it was and his uncle and how that influenced like the cadence of his flow and and all that and how he liked uh Man. kind of mimicked or how like 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 a lot of the DJs or whatever in the Jamaican style was. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was some new stuff I didn't know. And also that he used to sing a lot. I never knew that until um, this documentary that yeah. you know, he just was a singer all the time. I was like, oh, really? So yeah, yeah. he had a really good voice, actually. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. I think me and then me and my um, husband were uh, laughing about uh, not laughing, but uh, the story about how he was conceived, <laughs> like his mom was messing with his dad and they were like, oh, he's married or and he's not and like he's not coming back. And my uh, husband was like, mm, she wasn't the brightest. Kim, what did you think? Your overall. All the things that you all have said. I mean, could I have spent that time doing something else? Yes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate its value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. All. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we open up uh, the documentary uh, talk. His friend Damon is talking and Damon was his friend from um, his own neighborhood. Um, and he basically had a video camera, you know, back in the day, you know, we had those big, huge video cameras. Like you had to put a whole VHS tape in the video camera mm-hmm. and he would just take it around with them. He was like, you know, I would just start recording. And he's and what I thought was really smart. He was like, we will record the shows, but I would only record the audience. So then the next show we went to, we would look at the tape and we would know what songs were hot and how to like, I'm like, so you're basically learning how to, you're learning how to produce a show. You're learning how to create the set list. I was like, okay, so that was kind of cool um, to hear, uh, to hear him trying to talk about that. And we open up when the we open up when he's 23 years old, very close to when he um, passes away, and we kind of find out uh, that 
you know, he really lived in a small neighborhood in Brooklyn. Um, he, you know, ha- was, uh, we all knew that he was a son of a single mother. And like uh, Mimi said, we got to see his, a picture of his dad and kind of what you alluded to, uh, the fact that his mom, you know, came to the States from Jamaica and she was an immigrant. She came, it seemed like she kind of came by herself. She was in school. She was doing nursing programs, just trying to make a better life for herself. She meets up with this guy. He was, he was kind of cute in the picture. It was kind of fuzzy, but I was like, okay, I can, I he was tall as shit. But now I tall. see, yeah, yeah. I was like, I where he got his height from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, she ends up getting getting pregnant by him and then come to find out he's married he has a, someone told her oh you didn't know he had a wife so she was like oh and no and he was trying to do some fuckboy shit and come over you know at night when chris yeah. was sleeping and christopher was sleeping and not try to see his son so she was like no you know don't come around here no more if you're not coming to see your child then you ain't you got no business around the house um and i i felt like when we heard some of his uh kind of the interviews you could hear you could you could hear the not the sadness, but the way not having a dad would have, would affect his life or did affect his life a little bit because he was like, "What I'm gonna say? What I'm gonna say to this dude? What he gonna say to me?" Like, and I I'm not a young man, but I can I can only imagine uh, how hard it is for a young man not to have his dad to grow up with, you know. Yeah, and that definitely has something to do uh, do with uh, you know kind of the product. So we find out that you know. He lived um, on, you know, his mom was very overprotective. I think we all heard this story, before, heard these stories before. And like he went to Catholic school. So he was kind of on the straight and narrow set, you know, trying to trying to go the right way. Um, but he was like, I want I want to get money. So I want to be like these these guys with the chains and the cars and the ladies and the money. So he went and started selling drugs on the block and down his street uh, is called Fulton Street. And that's kind of where all the, the gangsters hung, hung out and his friend group. Um, I love seeing Lil C's is one of my favorite rappers, like legit. Like he's my favorite junior mafia person. Lil Caesar is everything. Wait, wait, wait. So that's, that's the most random <laughs> shit. I have so never cute. heard anybody in my life say Lil C's is my favorite rapper. I love <laughs> him. I know one person who said that, Lil C's mom. Yes, right. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? I love Lil C's. And then he was like, you see him as a kid. I'm like, you're like a baby. Like, you're out here on this block. Like, you are a baby child. One thing I didn't realize was how little Lil C's was. He's like, this thing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And, um, you know, my husband was like, yeah, why you think they call him Lucy? I was like, I think it's because I always saw him next to Kim. Yeah. And so he didn't seem uh, so yeah, tiny. Yeah. And then when he was next to B, I was like, who the fuck is this eight-year-old boy? <laughs> this, this and he, has a, he really does have a baby face. Like, yeah. no, you look like you're 10 years old. Like, get yes. off the block. So me yeah. drugs. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> That's so funny. So uh, he kind of, you know, built his his kind of his community. So when his mom would go to work, he would go down to Fulton Street, sling dope and then make money. Um, and he grew up in a, a part of Brooklyn that's called uh, Clinton Hill. And then you had Bed-Stuy. What I thought was so interesting, guys, is like since I've grown up in the South or the Mid-South or the Southwest for most of my life, when you I can't imagine thinking that my world is as big as four streets, you yeah. know, and, and like, that's what he was like, we thought we, this would where we would always be. Like, you would never see the world. You would never. And I'm like, so you live in New York. You live in, in New York City. It's one of the greatest cities in the whole wide universe. So this is your world. These couple of streets, like not venturing out and like 
seeing other things. That was good. Yeah, but bad. I think that's just poverty. I think yeah, that's I was just poor. Yeah. yeah. I think that that is um, just like, like Kim was saying, poverty and inner city living. Because I mean, I mm-hmm. you talk to, you know, kids in some neighborhoods just in Atlanta that have no, never been was, outside of the clubs or, yeah, or no, whatever. I, I was going to say, like, me growing up, like, I grew up in East Point and, like, I remember, yeah. like, not, I mean, not that like people telling me to come like Edgewood. I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to Edgewood or going some parts of college park. I'm like, no, I'm staying where I am, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought it wasn't was safe over here. Kiki like, already I, told us it was safe. We live in, I, it wasn't safe to come over here. Like, I thought they were trying to get me killed. <laughs> I, and I bet they was like, hey, the people in the edge was like, hell no, I ain't going to the print. The hell, hell no. Yeah, you going to East Point. What's wrong with you? I definitely understood that mentality. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, yeah, I, 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 I see it. I don't understand it, but I understand it because, because I've never been in it. So yeah. that was something that was, it just kind of like blew my mind. I'm like, you're in New York City. Oh my God, gosh, you can go everywhere. Um, so, but I, I feel like, but his mom, like you said, uh, made sure that she saved up the money and they would go to Jamaica for the summertime so he could be with his um, his grandmother and his cousins. And they're like, oh, she, he was so spoiled. He, he loved being there because he was so spoiled. He was like a little prince. And he would hang out with his uncle David and they, they interviewed him. He said he would, he would sing and then Chris would rap. And then yeah. he's like, in Jamaica, they call it chatting, basically kind of like battling somebody on the mic where we call it like rap battles or something like that. Then he's like, yeah, we'd be chatting on mic. So he already, he was building this foundation that was so much bigger than those four blocks or his, his Clinton Hill neighborhood because his mom took him abroad and took him back home. Because I'm like, at the end of the day, this story really is a story of uh, poverty and immigrant family. Like yeah. at the end of the day, that's that's what it's really about. Um, and and an immigrant trying to keep her child safe and provide a, you know a good life for herself and her and her and her kid. Yeah, when you said that, I, I, that's also something that um I liked about the documentary is that I never really again him being from Jamaica or whatever was in the back mm-hmm. of my mind, but I never thought of him as like an immigrant until his friend was mm-hmm. like, we were the immigrants. Like mm-hmm. we were the immigrant family of the neighborhood, and they would make fun of us because of how we sounded or whatever. And I was yeah. like. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way he sounded, him being an immigrant and having his ear tuned to another dialect is what made him what made him so special. And not until mm-hmm. this documentary. And I'm Marcus. I'm going to go to you because I um, I know you have a music background. And you can maybe explain it a little bit better. So we meet this guy, um, Donald Harris. Uh, we find out that the Clinton Hills neighborhood was kind of like um, in the uh, 70s became 70s and 80s kind of became like an art mecca. So a lot of the black artists, the black musicians moved to this neighborhood so they could be, you know, kind of be together. Um, and we uh, one of his neighbors was named Donald Harris. He was a saxophonist and he played with all these different people and um you know traveled all over the world and he would take chris and some of his friends to like art museums he would uh allow them to kind of experience uh the world outside of, of their neighborhood um and he said that chris and you can help me with this marcus can you explain how he talked about the drums and how notorious big kind of used that like he was like the snare drum he used that beat to rap and like I don't I didn't quite understand it I got it I heard it in my ear but I couldn't quite understand it like could you like elaborate on that how Donna Harris was what he was talking about and how Chris kind of rapped again that I I think that just speaks to biggest genius because really I didn't even understand it but like what what I enjoyed is like learning how like his experiences with Donald Harrison like how it helped to develop Biggie's ear Mm -hmm. and like Biggie had one of the Biggie's ear was phenomenal like 
I mean, like, I mean, I know music, but Biggie, of course, probably knows music better than me. Like, music, I mean, Biggie's just a genius, man. Biggie's just a genius. I, 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 I can't explain. Yeah. It. I can't explain. Well, it. it was, and I feel like um, he was even done. His mom did him even a greater service because he was exposed to different types of music. So he was mm-hmm. he was listening to rock and country. Exactly. He oh, was, yeah, that was the weird. other thing that they grew yeah. up listening to country all the time. I was like, what? Yeah. And she was yeah. like, in, in Jamaica, in Jamaica, like one hour in the morning, you could listen to country or western. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so funny. And that was like one of his favorite songs or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, that's I said that that's what was really cool. Um, I, and because and I, when I when I heard the snare drum being played and then him rapping his voice rapping over it, I was like, oh, it does make sense. We would he would sound very pleasurable to us because we're listening to uh we're listening to music on a different level, not just a vocal mm-hmm. level through his exactly. through his vocal cords. Exactly, and, I mean, and Biggie inspired people like like Future. Like it, what Biggie what Biggie did is what Future's doing now. Like using mm-hmm. his voice as an instrument as far as melodies and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. Um, it, yeah, it was just it, that that I thought was really cool. Um, and I'm like, really, almost what he reminded me of is like a conductor in like an orchestra because they have their ear has to be able to hear everything to you know I'm like his his ear is so attuned that he could do all these things and he loved he was like in one of his interviews uh um I forget where he was he was like yeah I don't really just I don't just really rap all the time he's like I really like to sing sing I like old yeah. school R and B and I was like yeah. again like for that time I'm like for us um I feel like that made more sense because I, I'm like, okay, now I get why I do connect because I grew up listening to like the Delphonics, the Shirelles, and my mom always listened to very old school music and, cla- you know, like old school classic uh, R&B. Um, so oh, yeah. to me, I was like, oh, okay, bet. And when he said that, I was like, I, I, I was growing up with being a little bitty kid, like listening to this and nobody in school knew who the Shirelles were or the Delphonics. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are these kids talking about? <laughs> Thanks, mom. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, so then we find out like at the age of 16, he basically really goes to the block uh, and starts being like heavy, heavy in the game, um, selling drugs. And it really became an empire because he was like the old dudes was, you know, either getting locked up or they got murdered. So we just basically went went in, you know, took it over. And um, his uh, he had a friend named Oli who um, who uh, got lost to the streets, um, got shot by his uncle. I think it was um, you got yeah, a little it was wild, it's but you know, own, own uncle. But you know what? The guy and I didn't write his name down. The young, the young, the uh, the guy that was telling us that part of the story, his friend. I knew something else had happened because he was like, yeah, he was just a brat. He was like, his family was, you know, they were the family, you know. So he was basically raised to know that I can do whatever I want to people and get away with it. So I was like, I know some. I I know something really bad happened to Oli. So, um, but that really affected Chris because that was his like best best friend and very close to him. Um, so. I he goes remember, to the bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh-huh. I just remember the time period you're talking about and thinking about. I felt <laughs> I felt so sorry for his mom because I was like, <laughs> she literally did everything, everything. you would think everything. to do to keep yeah. her son out Obviously. of trouble, yeah. uh-huh. and nothing and nothing mattered. Nothing. And I feel <laughs> I feel like. Do you feel like if he if she would have been able to move him out of the neighborhood? that he would have still gravitated towards it? Like if she were able to move him to a, another area, a better area? I know uh, poverty no. is the issue because mm-hmm. poverty was the issue and being yeah. like, I need to take care of how we live and then having a child and not 
having education to get a job or what whatever it was i really think that's the underlying issue so no matter if she would have moved somewhere else i think that condition would have still existed yep. I, I didn't i never got the vibe i mean i'm not saying that they were well well to do but i never got the vibe that they were that terribly impoverished i kind of feel like he just gravitated towards that because it was something to do i mean like i say that because i grew up with lots of young men who were far uh, well, more well off than uh, Biggie and his mom, who still got into that life just because it was exciting and it was yeah. close by and around. And um, and I feel like you know he made money, obviously, but his mom had to have some kind of money for him to be going to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where the money went. Like, yeah, went to Catholic school. That's where it went to Catholic school and living. Mm-hmm. She was a full time working single mom so i think you know i'm not saying that they were in the depths of poverty but they weren't i don't think they were middle class yeah 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 i don't know it's nature versus nurture man um yeah 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 and she yeah i feel like yeah she did everything she could do but she still had to go to work that's i was like the poverty and i i say it's poverty mixed with probably boredom. Cause I'm like, it didn't seem like there was anything. There's no, no else. There's no else. There's no other. Like he, he had his, uh, the jazz guy who was trying mm-hmm. to, yeah. Who, who had been that influence. And later on the jazz, I forget his name. You just said his name. Um, uh, Donald Harris. Yeah. yeah. He was kind of like, in, uh, in other words, he was like, I was losing him. I just lost him. He just, mm-hmm. he didn't have an interest in being around me anymore. So I, I kind of just feel like it was like how a lot of adolescent young men are just going to be anyway exactly. at a certain point. And because Fulton Street is like right down the street, this yeah. is like an opportunity. <laughs> and you seeing this money being made, it's like, oh, so why am I going to go to Catholic school and listen to the jazz man and listen to my mom when I can just get right money? Right. right. And you don't have anyone to uh, there was there was no male figure. So it seemed other than the jazz figure to to mentor or keep him in line. She yeah. never mentioned that he was in sports or that he. So <laughs> what was there but school and the block? Yeah, yeah, and it seemed like sports would have been this thing. For this dude was huge, <laughs> like, but he just, yeah, that just wasn't his thing. I mean, I mean, like you talked about, like in our community, like the only the only way, like sometimes we really see a way out is like either drugs, sports, or uh, rap or music. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then and Donald Donald Harrison was on tour as well, so he would be gone for extended amounts of time. So of course, like he can't always be there, but yeah, um, yeah. That was kind of sad. So, uh, what, yeah, I, when I tell you I screamed because he was like, I, my boy Oli, he making all this money. He pulled up in his Honda Accord with the flip light. <laughs> yeah, I screamed. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. Yo, that was you had funniest. that back in the day? What? Yeah. You, first of all, if you had a Honda Accord of any year, period, yeah. back in the day, you was like, that's all I wanted. In high school, all I wanted was a fucking Honda Accord. I said, I want a Honda Accord. Shit. I mean, because think about it. Like, back then, to have a foreign car uh-huh. was a big thing. Like, yeah. I don't have a Ford, a Dodge, a Ram, or whatever, a Chevrolet. I have, yeah. like, a German car. Uh-huh. 
It's a big deal. Because one of those rap songs back in the day, somebody said somebody Kia Sportage. And I said, now who? Now you think about <laughs> yeah. Kia now. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Nobody wanted to be in a Kia. Now, uh-huh. Let me tell you, a lot of people are driving Kias. But yeah, I yeah. mean, you don't hear people aspiring to a key rapping about. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then he was like, he was like, yeah, so-and-so had, we, we looking at these dudes and they got a Jeep and I was at a Montero and I was like, what in the world we are? This is too funny. It's, tickle, like, tickle, that five, it's like that 5.0 everybody wanted back in the day. That uh, yeah. 4 or 5.0. It reminded me also of um when old boy pulled up in Juice and scooped yeah. up Rashid oh, girl. Oh, yeah. And the Lord, wasn't it, wasn't that a, was that a Honda? I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't, can't remember. remember. But I was like, man, that remind me of when old boy rolled up and took Rashid girl. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then we get into, we, we realize that he's on the block, he's doing things. And then he, one of his friends was from another part. And, it's, and it was, they, their neighborhoods were so, tiny there were just a couple of streets but they were all I'm like they're all in brooklyn but they're just these kind of different neighborhoods that you know he was like he wasn't from this part of uh of the neighborhood um so i brought him with me so that he could then uh go and rap at this rap battle so it's called bedford bedford ave neighborhood so that was one of the damon um the guy that actually is the main narrator of the story and the guy that did the videos he was like well i want to take chris over to my neighborhood or to my street so that he could be in a part of this rap battle with this a guy named prim and i guess he was kind of like he's a teeny tiny guy but he was super energetic super you know he was going crazy he was rapping all around and we see we also saw that in the movie um but he goes he raps he basically kills it and it was so interesting to see damon in the video he was like he was like the little guy was getting up into you know biggie's face and he was like are we about to fight he, and then you can see in the video he's wrapping his hand in a cloth he was like we about to fight we about to fight He's like, this dude is getting too much. He only five three. He's so tiny. He don't have no bass in his voice. But he was just like jumping around rapping. It was so funny. Yeah. And basically, this is kind of like the spark of Notorious B.I.G.'s career. He wins this rap battle. He like now is the people on this another block now know that he can really rap. Um, and from there, uh, the DJ was called Mr. C um, at this rap battle. He was like, hey, let's run downstairs. We need to make um, a demo tape for you. So he's like, OK, perfect. Let's do this. They make the demo tape. And Mr. C, uh, Mr. C is the is, um, is the DJ for Big Daddy Kane. So he knows the people and the big players or whatever. So he says, I'm going to get your tape over to Source Magazine. And, you know, everybody knows Source Magazine. He raps about it. We know about it. Um, he gets it over to Source Magazine. And this guy named Maddie, who basically, um, he was the writer of a section called Unsigned um, Hype. And that was like the new artist on the block. Don't nobody know about you, but we're basically going to take you and now put you a feature for you in this magazine. You're about to get blow up. So he gets the tape. He writes his article about, um, about Biggie. They actually become friends over the years. And from that, uh, from that magazine um, article, in the source, then you enter uh, P. Diddy, who now we know as Diddy, um, who was working for um, Uptown Records at at the time, uh, um, Andre Pharrell, who we all know. And he was like, who is this dude? Get him in my office. I got to hear him rap. I don't know what's going on. I'm from, and Diddy was like, I'm from Harlem. Like, we don't go to Brooklyn because if you go to Brooklyn, you're going to get robbed and killed. Exactly. He was like, I don't know these exactly. here. <laughs> I'm like, and everybody like, if you go to Harlem, you get robbed and killed. <laughs> you go to the, and, and everybody I know from New York was definitely afraid of the Bronx. I'm like, all these places <laughs> sound like you're going to kill other than Manhattan. So <laughs> just go to, go to Central Park and hang around but you might be a Rodney Kill there too you might be Rodney Kill in Central oh yeah 
Nah, hold on. Before we go, I, 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 shout out Mr. C. He was on uh, Mano's podcast, I think, last week. Kitchen Talk. And just uh, shout out to him for finally living this truth and like his love for transgenders. From the, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I this, saw that. What happened now? You know, Mr. C's have been caught like uh, with, with like uh, transgender prostitutes over the past for like the last twenty years, and like just been lying and denying it, like even though it's been out there. But he like yeah. he, he finally admitted it, like he's finally like, talking about it, like owning his shit and living his truth. And he so he's transgender. Out. No, no, no. That he loves transgenders. He transgender transgender women. Okay, tra- okay, transgender. Okay, cool beans, cool beans. Um, so yeah, I did, I don't know a lot about him. I I do I know him of him, but I just don't know a lot. But I I don't listen to that podcast, but I definitely have to check it out. That, that um, was a funny interview. Uh, it was just because yeah. Mayno was like he was acting confused and like, well, what? And so this means, and then he was just like, and he just kept touching Mayno on the shoulder like Mayno, Mayno. I just said I like transgender women. What are you not understanding? I do yeah. what I do. Like and Mano's like, yeah. oh, oh, it was just, it was just funny. Like you had to see. <laughs> and what's the name of this podcast again? It's called Kitchen Talk. Kitchen Talk. Okay, yeah. I have to check it out. I'll check it out. Um, and shout out to um, uh, to uh, on Time Magazine. Elliot premiered um, oh, yeah, today on the cover of Time Magazine, so that was pretty cool. Pretty oh, and shout out Big Daddy Kane and R.I.P. Budget Harrell. Yeah, R.I.P. Andre Harrell, uh, shout out Big Daddy Kane. But Teddy Kane was so well dressed all the time. Oh, he was so beautiful. Yeah. Teddy Kane was just a handsome man. Just beautiful. Yeah. Like Teddy yeah. Kane today would have been that nigga, man. He would have been I'm that. Nigga. I mean, he was in Playboy. Woo, he should. He should I mean, be an Playgirl. Sorry, not Playboy. Playgirl. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> he should be in all. He's been in all magazines. I love. So uh, then that's when we kind of see you get the Diddy. Um, uh, notorious B.I.G. connection where I didn't realize that that's when they kind of met. So he basically was uh, Andre Farrell ends, ends up firing. I don't think everybody kind of knows this story. Um, ends up firing Diddy because he was like, we can't have two captains, you know, uh, on this ship. You got to go. Um, and he basically was like, I got to do whatever I can to make sure that B.I.G. Um, gets an album. So they actually make sure that he has an album out. Uh, and, and you just kind of see his career take off from there and kind of the ups and downs. Um, and I'm like, we, I'm not going to dwell on a lot of it. Uh, at the time where he was kind of in that transition of really becoming a superstar or slipping back into the, the dope game, uh, he said, you know, we would go down to North Carolina. He was like, in, in New York, we could sell about a, you know, a little thing of crack for $7. In North Carolina, we could sell it for $20. I was like, that markup is really... That's amazing, you know. Yeah. So they were <laughs> traveling, you know, to go sell drugs to make money. And at this time, he had a, a daughter, you know. And I think we all hear, you know, heard the song. So he's in his, you know, his mom is having breast cancer. So it's a lot of things playing into. And I think that's what Kim just referred, you know, kind of referenced a minute ago was poverty driving the decision making of needing to make money any way you can if you don't have other means at the time. So basically, Diddy and other people set him down and were like, this is what we're about to do, we're about to blow up. You got to leave the dope game alone. And then they were able to kind of make his first album, get out there, start touring, start making money. Um, and then you see uh, a little bit of, you know, his friendship with Pac um, and, you know, knowing uh, that they did have a friendship before a lot of stuff went down. Uh, we see uh, Tupac passing away and then... Um, Biggie taking uh, a lot of brunt of the anger for that and being blamed for his death and uh, or, or blamed for his death. And he was shot before um, it had survived. So you kind of see that East West Coast 
you know, uh, static. I'm happy they didn't dwell on it because it is. Right. I think, like I said, that's always the negative. Um, and then we see, um, you know, we see that uh, Notorious B.I.G. loses his life at 25 um, at, at the end of the story. Um, and we, yeah, so it it was a it was a really good documentary. Um, I say it was a little bit long, um, but it was it was like I say it was cool to, to hear about life, you know, his life and and just being on the street. I'm like it always. It, it baffles me to see young men and young women who are, you know, out there on the street selling drugs, doing like criminal enterprises and to thank God if they were only able to have an opportunity to go to business school or opportunities to do, you know, other things like, what, you know, what, what businesses could they build or like how big, you know, could they be um, if they have certain opportunities afforded to them? Now, I guess one of the things like you, you talked about that, like Donald Harrison and then even Biggie, like Biggie, like the people that, that are around you, like bringing them with you to go see these things, like to experience things, these moments, those mm-hmm. moments that you have in life, like, I mean, they may seem minor, but they like, they play a big impact. And you like, mm-hmm. like, it just, if, if more, if more of us could just like have those opportunities to see the world, that the world isn't just bigger than our four or five blocks. Yes. And it was cool, like seeing them go to London and they're and you know, even Diddy was like, we in London, they they rapping so loud. We can't even we they can't even hear us because they, they're so hype. It's like even in London and you saw the video, uh, one of Damon's videos. I think that it looked like they were in L.A. or something because there were mountains in the background. Kind of the sun was going down. He was like, it was like a Ramada Inn, but you would think they go, 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 go. It was, but it was, but think about it. If you've only ever lived in New York and you only see fucking buildings in you know, the, you see the sun go down over a building, seeing the mm-hmm. sun go down over a mountain, like it was just it's seeing it through their eyes. And, yeah. and I, that's why I, it was I always get a little bit queasy when I watch other videotapes where things are shaking around a lot. But I was like, I'm so happy because we got we got a chance to experience this, the, them waking up and experiencing the world together. Yeah. So, yeah. Like they were probably they was like a motel or something, but it's like the, the, the how much that experience meant to them. You would think it was like the Taj Mahal or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was cool. So yeah, we we miss Biggie, we uh, miss Notorious B.I.G. a lot. So um, thank you, know, thank everybody for making this video and everybody that heard this uh, documentary and everybody who spoke um, and gave their, you know, lovely stories and thank his mom for, you know, his grandma even. I'm like, I, I can imagine how hard it is to constantly have to be talking about your child that has passed away or been taken away. And then like um, the way they found out, that, man. Yeah, the grandma found out on the news. Yeah. yeah. And then the her, his mom said that Damon called him and, and told her because yeah. it seems like Damon it seems like Damon was his one of his oldest friends. They had always been together. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, uh, I, I don't know if I said this on the podcast last week or not, or I said it at some point to y'all. Um, I always I always felt sorry. I'm not a huge P Diddy. Um, I'm not a massive fan of his per se, but. I, Okay, Diddy. Um, but I, I have always just felt sorry for him and Biggie in that whole situation. I, I just always felt like that shit was happening to them. <laughs> like, like they they never did anything to hype it up. They never really talked shit about anybody. And they just went about their business hoping it would die down. And it just never did. And it just felt like something that was just for happening sure. to them. Exactly. And they like could, one, yeah. one, day they, one day they woke up and they was in a rap beef. And it, it just yeah. Happened. Yeah. So... Unfortunately, I was hoping that they would do kind of like what they did straight out of Compton, you know, have both sides of the stories told like in that kind of because I thought straight out of Compton, Compton to me was very well done. Like, can we see both sides 
in a movie like that that was well done, to- told in a balanced way, you know? Yeah, because they haven't done justice to either Pac or Biggie to me in, you mm-hmm. know, any biopic. Yeah. And no. uh, the last guy, I forget his name. I mean, he looks a lot like Pac. The movie just wasn't that good. I wish that um, yeah, it was bad. They they wasted that that uh the optics <laughs> because he he did look a lot look a lot like Pac. So uh, yeah. yeah, Demetrius Shipp Jr. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really bad movie. <laughs> so yeah. So that's a that's a wrap on that. And now we are going to transition into our top five. Um, oh yeah, let's crack these knuckles and stretch because this is about to. No, we are, are we putting our boxing gloves? Our boxing right, gloves? right, right. No, no, no boxing gloves. Like, <laughs> I, I, nobody hears a rap. I would say, a, what is it like a rap? What is, I, like? What's a, what's a rap song on yay? What's a what's the rap song on yay? I'm like you mix rapping and wine, and I'm like I don't know. <laughs> what does wine have to do with the rapping? And I don't think that there can be one because it's just it's too subjective. Like there's it, it's just too subjective. So yeah. Eh. So yeah. yeah. No no harsh no no harsh critiques or anything. Just passionate opinions. <laughs> yeah. And mine are no, less there may be some harsh critiques now. Yeah. Oh. But, Okay, we'll get into it. Go, Mel. <laughs> okay, I'm saying my, mine, I'm just going to tell y'all know right off the top, it's just my favorite. <laughs> just my favorite, not like of all time in history time. It's just <laughs> what I really like. And really, they, they, I, and I looked at it as like, who was a, a culture shift in my personal life? That's not, that's one I did. Cause I, I can't speak. <laughs> you guys, you guys are much more, you guys are much more hip hop. I feel like hip hop and rap, you know more and you're much more tuned in. So Mel, that's why. Mel did a, Top five of the rappers that meant something special to me. <laughs> my, my homeboy who lived around the corner, Little JJ, is top five yeah, no, yeah, for me. JJ, 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 right. right, it's top five for me. For like, who the fuck is Little JJ? <laughs> he had, he had, he had a hoodie screen. We had some, 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 um, you know, listeners to give their input and we asked for that um i had someone who wanted to remain anonymous because they are from new york <laughs> and they were like big ain't even in my top five i was like whoa they was wow. like he was like he ain't in my top 10 i was like oh that's a that's a oh, hot, hot take. take hot take uh was just essentially saying that um he doesn't have the catalog to him doesn't have the catalog and he okay. has you know two albums and then he died and then but people like place that greatest you know and yeah after death and how they do all the time he was just like nah so i'm like okay because he influences so much now yeah so i was like okay i i would never say that uh because i'm from the south and i don't want to get cussed out and hung by nobody from brooklyn and new york saying shit to me from Clinton Hill, <laughs> from right, from you, Fulton Street. We don't want to get right. murdered over here. Right. I feel like I was like, you have more uh, freedom to say that because you are from there. So hey, yeah. by all means, young man. <laughs> well, let's well, do be you clear wanna... on the criteria because these are solo artists, right? Not groups. I had groups. Mel did. Mel just did she whatever she wanted to do. Like if her deacon in her church spit a couple bars one Sunday and it hit her in her heart, that dude is on his list for mail. Deacon Johnson is on Mel's list. Okay. 
<laughs> my list is going we can do my list at the very end we don't do y'all list we do my, this is the end because my list, i'm just gonna be random i'm just gonna be random as fuck i gotta go first and just say these are just for fun just okay. to get us warmed up. Not, yeah. No, no, I, I, oh, okay. No, I, I feel like Mel's prints are going to be like out there. They're going to bring up like thoughts and memories. So go, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give y'all mine. And these, like, this is just people that, like, for me, I had a cultural reset, guys. Like, they're a part of my culture as a young Black woman growing up in the South. Uh, <sighs> No, she don't have Will Smith. I'm about to say this. This disclaimer says she gotta get this long disclaimer yeah, yeah. so that somehow she can sneak Biz Marquis into this list, and that's okay. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So I ha- first I have um, Tupac is my number one. Okay. Um, I have Biggie is my number two, but then I also have Slash Junior Mafia because I loved. Most of the people, and I love Lil' Kim. And I, I feel like, I I don't feel, I feel like with Biggie, you have to have Andrew and your mafia because- yeah. And so I'm a ton of their raps anyway. So it's like one one person anyway. Yes. Uh, then I have Triple Six Mafia and from my, the person in Triple Six Mafia that I go back to was Gangsta Boo. Um, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. So it, it was just- rap and hip-hop in like the mid-south and like the southwest like with screwed music like in coming out of texas was just really grimy it was really uh it was sexual but i don't know it was just some hood shit and i loved it and i thought it was great and i didn't know what they were talking about and i loved it and i had not experienced these things and it was just always like very very uh you know uh scandalous because i'm like memphis is the belt buckle of the of the bible belt like it's, it just is that place. So to me, like hearing Triple Six Mafia and hearing, you know, Project Pad and like, it just, I don't know, it was just everything. So that's kind of like how, that's my foundation um, f- uh, for my my personal uh, hip hop and rap. Uh, then I have Juvenile because, and, and from Juvenile, I have the group, the Hot Boys, um, because for me, when I transitioned into my college years, it was, I were just, I just remember when I first heard Juvenile on the radio, when I first like heard that New Orleans sound, the New Orleans rap sound, just like in 99, it just like swept everything. Cause it was, it was crazy. And I know Master P as well, but I was like, for me, it was Juvenile, it was the Hot Boys. That's when you had Wayne and Birdman, like all these different sounds and all these different rappers who sounded like they weren't from America. Like they, you, when you go to New Orleans, you have to understand that the dialect in Louisiana and New Orleans is very different from most anywhere in the country. So the, the way, the way, when I got to college and I'm like, are these people speaking to me? Are they, are they speaking English? Cause I was like, they were like, babe, you want to go make you some groceries? And I was like, no, I want to buy groceries, but I'm not going to make them. Um, <laughs> and just, and, and, and once your ear really adjusts to it and it's that bounce, it's that party, it's still grimy, but it's fun. I felt like that's really kind of what, like what that music was. Um, and then I have my last reset is going to be um, Uncle Luke and the Two Live Crew because I just feel like, I know that we are, you know, kind of in like cancel culture really hard right now. And they probably is going to, I'm going to get canceled, but let me tell you something. <laughs> Two Live Crew come on right now today at 41. I'm going to drop my, I'm going to bust it out. And <laughs> I, I just felt like, and again, it was just, 
it was in, in, we could only, you could only watch uh, two live crew video like on B, on BET at night, BET after dark, or you had to have the box. And like the box was like this channel that kind of came in sometimes and it kind of didn't come in other times on the TV, but they had like all this, the hot, you know, music coming out of the West Coast and all these videos. Uh, I still remember and, the codes I used to put in to order shit off the box. Yeah, you know. so it was like, and and, and, and it was that, right. and it was that, uh, and I had never heard like the Miami, like the Miami, Miami sound. So that to me was just like today, right now, I'm I'm a drop of like a side. So those are my top people, guys. Even though I didn't follow, the, I didn't follow instructions with those. I my mean, top. that is really, 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 really uh, special and cute, man. <laughs> it's very me. Uh, I got, it's very me. I was like, okay. It's very eclectic. It's very eclectic. It's, it's very, it's very, you know, it's interesting. That's <laughs> all I can say. I do think she makes a good point about like they, like a couple of those people, a couple of those people really did cancel resets. A couple of like the people, a few of those people you mentioned really did cultural resets. Like the Hot Boys was a cultural reset. It was a reset. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and I feel like what we're listening to today, like the these these groups and these people were part of those foundations. So like that, just of everything we're hearing right now. And I did I didn't put Outcast on there. And I I because I, I know you guys will have them on y'all's list probably potentially. So I didn't put the Dungeon Family, even though Dungeon Family is very important to like my upbringing in my life. But I'm like I'm I love dirty i love scandalous i love uh very sex overly sexual um rap music the dirtier the better you didn't have raheem the dream in that list then boo <laughs> she don't know anything about raheem the dream love in your mouth she, mm. she don't know <laughs> i don't know you have to tell me okay when three six mafia won the um damn they won the Oscar. Oscar. When they won the Oscar, I felt like that was the first step towards rap becoming what it is today as far as like popular music. Yeah, I think it was a major step. Um, and then like for... I think as far as being rec- potentially, and because we mm-hmm. haven't had any since then, but mm-hmm. potentially being recognized in that format or from from that kind of a... Prestige. Prestigious, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, like every... Huh? Why y'all get some words? Just say make this shit, make that shit palatable to white people. Why y'all say? Well, that? no, because I think rap before then was way was always. I mean, it wasn't like it just got popular with that, but it had never yeah. been considered like for an Oscar type deal. It, it barely got considered yes, for like had. a Grammy. Yes, mm. it had Eminem's Oscar was before this. The yeah, but he was I mean, in the movie for Eight Mile. Mile. I mean, yeah, Mile. he was but in, the song is the song won an Oscar. But I feel like oh, eight, yeah. came out, eight mile came out after, didn't it? No, I think it came out before. No. Before okay. hustle and flow. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that every time I listen to Three Six Mafia, I felt the need to that I needed somebody to perform a say a seance or like some sage in my house because Three Six Mafia it's was dark. like it's dark. I felt like they were putting subliminal, subliminal satanic messages in. And I'm like, should I be? That's kind of how I felt when uh, I would play some of Bone Thugs and Harmony. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are y'all putting some, some shit in here that I ain't aware of? No. And, I think, and Bone Thugs was a culture reset. <laughs> Bone Thugs was a culture reset yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I just, and I, I think, I feel like it's more the Scorpio in me because it is that, it's that play uh, dark and kind of mysterious, that dirty, like it's all of those things combined that make them, you know, interesting. 
And then I'm like, I'm like, I'm happy everybody got to see that we like bubble side Chevys, you know, in Memphis. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think that's a good point about um like the energy it gives off. That's why I don't play it in my house. I only play it in my car when I'm home. <laughs> Like, I'll right. this in here. Man, you feel like you put on some 3 mafia in your car. Your car just will turn it to Christine and start driving on his own and running over people. You're like, oh, shit. Turn off that 3 mafia. You woke up Stephen King. Here we go. Right. <laughs> so. Okay. That was my list. I did not follow y'all's instructions. But thanks, guys. Thanks that's, for hearing that's me. Fine. That's fine. That was your list. <laughs> that was cute. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who going next? Who you got, Marcus? All right, you want me to go next? All right, yeah. so this is this is me excluding groups because if if we did just individuals from groups, I had Andre at number three, but excluding groups, I got Big at number one. It speaks for itself. Hove number it does two. not though, but okay. Okay, all right, Hove number two. <laughs> it, 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 when, when making my list, I take into account your pin, your influence, and your sales. So I took it, I took it to account all of that. Mm-hmm. So hold at number two. That's gotta speak for itself, no? All None right. of these speak for themselves, but oh, man. see, okay. Mel gave explanation behind why. <laughs> How they speak to me at, at the same time, at the same time, Mel needed to give explanation for that list. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna start hating on my hot list. I it's mean you <laughs> kind of needed an explanation. Yeah. Like, really? Oh. Tell us more, Mel. Tell us more. <laughs> yeah, I want to know why they're your one and I want to know why they're in the order they're in. Biggie, okay, I'll, I'll go back to number one. Biggie, the way Biggie, Biggie, the way he rapped, Biggie, like, I feel like Biggie played with time. He played with rhymes. Like, Biggie would start a rhyme before he finished another rhyme. Like, but the but the rhyme would fall on beat one instead of beat four. Like, Biggie, Biggie was, like, just a master of that shit. Like, he took what Rakim did and just took it to a whole nother level. So that's why I got Biggie number one. Hope, I mean, I really feel like I don't need to explain Hope. Hope, Hope probably has the best hip-hop catalog of anybody. Okay? Like I said, I would have had Andre at three, but we're not doing the groups. Uh, number four, I got T.I. T.I. created a genre of music that still, that's the, he did it like almost 20 years ago, and it's still the sound of rap today. It's the most popular sound of rap today. Wait, who was number three? Andre. Andre 3000 would have been number three. Oh, he was honorable. Yeah, he would have been number three, but we're not doing groups. So right now, T.I. is number three. All right. Oh, All right. okay. Number four is Drake. Y'all will try and slander me for it, but I'm telling you, Nobody has had a 12-year run that Drake is on. Like, nobody's had a run like this. Like He's the best pop artist ever. Sure. If you want to say it like that, I, I mean, I would say it's a pop You're trying to use it as a slight, but the man makes hits. He's just talking about rap, though. Pop. Oh, I took into account the pen. I took into account the influence, and I took into account sales. You try and discredit his pen because of the... um. The, the the other bullshit because he doesn't write his, if you go he doesn't write it he just dropped the, the have you listened to that lemon pepper freestyle yes but okay that, that that's you can't tell me that's not his pen I don't know what his pen is because he has other people write it so I don't <laughs> oh, know what's him and what's other people but okay. keep going alright uh, drinking number four and then at number five I got Wayne like I say, Wayne was part of that cultural reset that Mel mentioned earlier. And like, I felt like 
hip hop hit like a low, low or whatever from like 2005 to 2010 or 2008. And Wayne with the drought, the Carter, he carried that whole thing. Like to, to sell a million the first day as a rap artist, that that was something, that's, that's something I never thought I'd see. So that's my top five. And say I was about to say, you're talking like pre-2012, 13, Wayne, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. No. yeah, yeah, yeah. When, I, when I say Wayne, I'm only I'm only mentioning Wayne from Hot Boys Wayne to up to 2010. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Anything after that, I can't I can't co-sign. I might listen to it once or twice, but I can't co-sign too heavy. I mean, no. yeah, there, there was a period of time when Wayne was just like Wayne was one of my favorite rappers. To he was on everybody. He was literally yeah. dropping albums and on every single person's. He's featured everywhere, so I'm like, we couldn't get away. Like I feel like y- y'all are trying to say like slight Drake for being a pop star or rock star or whatever, but Wayne was the one that kind of started that. Yeah, I- I'm not slighting Drake, but Wayne was a better lyricist at Wayne's peak than Drake is at Drake's peak, if you will. If Drake is at his peak, whatever you Wayne call it, the best lyricist ever in the game. I think I feel who Wayne. Well, I am. He's the worst. Drake at number four. I mean. I'm so, not so, sliding Drake at number ten or fifteen, but I am at <laughs> down four. Oh, okay. I That's my opinion. And he shouldn't be so high. Oh, I feel like he does write his stuff. I don't believe those people when they say that stuff. He even said it. What did he say? It? I didn't hear him. Say, I never heard him say this. What did he say? It? I, I'm gonna be truthfully honest. I don't believe none of these dudes write all of their stuff. Every single, every single word, every single bar. I, I don't believe that at all. Mm. Oh no! I don't know. Well, of your list, I would say that um, three of them probably did. I would say Biggie, Jay, and Dre. Oh, and you don't you don't think Wayne wrote anything? I don't. I don't think he wrote all of his stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, no, yeah, because I think did Juvenile say he used to write, he used to write for him? Juvenile used to write for him. Big Biggie. Oh no. Um, BG used to write for Wayne. I don't know. I forgot about I'm not, BG. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disperse. Oh yeah, I like BG. Um, <laughs> I was about to say I forgot to. Uh, there were some other people. <laughs> we got into our picks. I wanted to shout oh. out, but no, 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 no. Let, let me give my honorable mention. Honorable, oh, mention, oh, oh. Okay. honorable mention to Pac, and this is ordered. Honorable mention to Pac, Kendrick, Gucci, Kanye, Killer Mike, DMX, Nas. And Rakim. Oh, that's a cop out. That's a cop out. Is here. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm a honorable you mention. Twenty five. You got all them, right? You got Drake on there before Rakim and Tupac and Kendrick and all the. Ooh, I don't okay, drink enough of this. I'm sorry, I'm drinking enough of this. Boo boo. <laughs> this is the problem with his list. All of his honorable mentions are better than the people on the list. On the list. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> his honorable mentions are longer than his actual list, and they are right. better, <laughs> more prolific. Rappers. I just finished my top That's all. This, this dude yelled out 25 honorable mentions. <laughs> I was like, bro, what? Okay. Um, and Mel stepped out for a second, but I, I, I'm yeah, gonna... she had to walk away after that. That was like, ridiculous. Like, I gotta walk away. <laughs> yeah, I was like, now I don't know a whole lot about hip hop, but I know that other list was better than this other list. Um, and I'm a Drake, fan. I'm a Drake fan to the end, but I'm like, yeah. now I, I'm not putting Drake over no Tupac, never, never, ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to Mel's list real quick. We like, it was random as hell. I want to shout out on one of our listeners. My goodness. 
My goodness. <laughs> Who posted? I think her name is the Mia Chantel. Uh-huh. Mia. Yeah, yeah, Mia. Um, she has uh Ty Dollar sign on her list. I just wanted to uh <laughs> But hey, you do you, boo. But I just hey. wanted to I just wanted to put that out there that hey, <laughs> it, it means something to her. It means it something to her, okay? <laughs> so I'm saying I was like about that way, because that's, that's kind of random. <laughs> that was like a needle scratch. It was like Ty Dollar sign, what? Uh, it wasn't the best dreads list. It wasn't the best blonde dreads list. <laughs> Pretty eyes list. Tim and he was on a pretty eyes list. That was gonna get different. Okay. That was definitely different. <laughs> um, we also got some people on um, Facebook who mentioned Ghostface Killer. Yeah, um, Homegirl mentioned Currency, which you don't hear a lot, but I like Currency. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody said Dollar and Dollar and Dollar. Right. Anyway. But those were some of our listeners. We appreciate y'all's input and um, right. shout out Mia. To think of right. Shout out Mia. That's funny. Who next? Yes, Marcus. Cop out Liz. Okay. No, 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 no. My five, that five. I'll stand by that five. I just can't. I can't ignore the other ten. Mm. Who were better than the five? I think that's the problem. No, yes. no. He he said. Look, I'm gonna quote you back to you. You said Biggie was your number one. Yes. And that he elevated Rakim. But you didn't have Rakim in your top five. You had Rakim somewhere else. So why wouldn't Rakim be in your top five? I'll, I'll make this comparison. I'll, and I'll do the classical music. Bach set up everything that Mozart did. Mozart's a better composer than Bach. That's all I'm saying. But there's no Mozart without Bach. That's I, I right. I, 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 your I, I understand that, but just, you can be great at something. That some uh, a mentor can surpass the master or the, the mentee, whatever it is. The mentee can surpass the mentor sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's I a real sad situation. You just have a personal connection to Biggie, which is why Biggie is your number one. I mean, I mean, that's all this is. This is all feelings, no facts. No, you said that your criteria was pin. Sales and some other thing. I don't forget the other thing. Influence. 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 Influence is subjective and pen is subjective. So then, per your argument, Rakim would have a greater influence because he influenced mm-hmm. your number one. One, yeah. I'm just I don't saying. think influence is that subjective, though. You don't think so? It depends on how you define influence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. I know. So some hot takes, very hot takes. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I give my five, and they aren't really in an order. They're just so, in that sense, I guess I didn't follow the rules. I don't know. I don't know if I didn't follow the rules as much as Mel didn't follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, catch you, I'll catch you hell, but at least I followed the rules. Okay. <laughs> because I just can't, I just can't, I just can't rank them. They're, but they're yeah. in my top five. Okay. Um, and I, okay. I have Pac, um, I got Andre 3000. I got Nas. But we ain't doing it. We ain't doing groups though. I know. I'm just doing Andre 3000. <laughs> I'm doing Andre 3000. His solo. Oh, All right, man. Did, did he not have a solo album? In, uh, keep, keep uh, going, thank you. Keep going, keep going, keep and going. all and all I, of his features. I, I'm doing all his features say, and Love Below. That's all I'm doing. Is yeah. Love Below and all his features. And just and all I Love Below and all his count. features. I'm good. Yeah. I, I, I left out people in groups because if that was the case, I would have threw Rizzy in. I might have thrown Method Man in, but keep going. All right. 
I'll add them to my I'll, uh, add, I'll add them to my list. No, he's just gonna <laughs> add them to his honorable mentions. He just, it's, just, it's part of his honorable mentions. Uh, Wu Tang um, Clan. I, I add it to my Wu Tang Clan is my number six. All right. <laughs> um. So I had Pac, I had Andre 3000, um, Nas, Kendrick, and Jay Z. That's in my that's my five. That's a good list. I like um, that Kendrick is on that list. Yeah. Um. Oh, so I guess if we're talking about uh, why uh, Pac is, I mean, I would say I have always uh, described Pac as like one of the few rappers that I feel like you can make an emotional connection to his, like, I feel like it's hard to make uh, an emotional connection to rap in the way that you can like R&B or or songs or gospel Mm -hmm. and shit like that. And Pac is one of the few that you actually make an con- uh, emotional type of connection to. Um, Dear Mama, to me, is an example of that. It's why it's one of the few songs that's in, I think it's one of the, it and one other rap song, and only two rap songs that's in the Library of Congress or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of because of that. And it's just, you know, Pac, just, what can I say? He had a lot of, it was the dichotomy. He had the street shit, obviously, but he also has, the upliftment, community, um, empowerment, and you just felt like had he not, you know, perished at such a young age, he would have been this massive figure in like black politics and the community and all of that. And it just, it just got cut short. So um, Andre 3000, dude's lyrics is just like, he crazy. It's, it's just like he says. He's the best storyteller rapper ever. Yeah, he says to me very complex um, and not complex, but like deep thoughts and deep meanings. But he can put them in such sim- simplistic terms. You like, goddamn. Like when he was like, um, like the I was gonna say like the artist storytelling. Like, yeah, or or, or the, the the damn verse where he was like, um, well, to me, and it's an old verse. But this is just an example. Like he was like, "Well, to me, your white tee looks like a nightgown. Make your mom and dad proud. Take that thing three sizes down." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, boy, like was that the walkout remix?" I think so. And it's like in in such simple language that anybody can understand. You're essentially like, "Put this drug shit down. It's stupid, and you look stupid in this big ass white t shirt." And, and that was it. Anyway, um, and. Nah, I mean, Nas is like, I've always just won been, a Grammy. Right. Did you run, uh, this is first, was this his first Grammy, I think? His first Grammy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been, been around for what, 20, 25 years? Just won a Grammy. Right, right. 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 Okay, keep going. But man, you're saying it's because of the beats that he picks. It's, it's something. It's something. I mean, I feel like Nas didn't have that Diddy on his side like Biggie did. I remember that yeah, story. Yeah, he doesn't have the machine behind him. Mm-hmm. And I remember that story about how uh, Diddy had picked Juicy, like sampled the Juicy song for the first single, and Biggie was like, that's trash, that's stupid, I don't want it, That's I'ma sound stupid. And Diddy was like, no, no, this gonna be a hit, this gonna be it right here. And Biggie was like, okay, fine. And it was, I just feel like Nas don't, doesn't have that. <laughs> it never had that, and Nas is like, yeah. A lyricist, lyricist. He's always looking for that snare and the most simplistic <laughs> drum line ever because he wants you to hear what the fuck he's saying. He's not like a 
And he's not doing it for commercial shit. He's like a lyricist, lyricist. In the same that's way, why he's not getting no Grammys. Right. In the same way, I feel like Black Thought is kind of a lyricist, lyricist. Black Thought is like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. <laughs> yeah. He ain't got no Grammys that I know of. But the, that mean they got Grammys. They okay. They I was about to say as a band, they probably do. But like, okay. you know, he just ain't no commercial. He ain't on the radio. Like, <laughs> you know, he's it's just him and Jimmy Fallon. Is it Fallon or? <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, I was gonna yeah. Jimmy, him and Jimmy Fallon. So, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, uh, the fucking um, Illmatic was a cultural shift, if you will, like Mel was saying. Because after Ill, before Illmatic, you always had like a single producer produce the whole album for the most part, mm-hmm. and Illmatic was like the first time it was like because his rhyme on um, the barbecue was so crazy, everybody wanted to fuck with Nas after that. And all these producers was like, we want to do your first album. We want to do your first album. So he had like multiple producers on Illmatic. And it was like the first time a rap album had been done like that. And ever since then, almost every fucking album, rap album has had multiple producers on the album. Um, and so he kind of changed it like that. And he was like, uh, he was 17 when he started pinning it. But okay. by the time it dropped, it, you know. <laughs> but anyway. Um, and Jay-Z, did I see? Oh, did I skip? Oh, Kendrick, Kendrick. Um, I'll do Jay Z last. Kendrick is just person. I know some people may have an issue with Kendrick or whatever because he's too young, which I find weird. But Kendrick has a, an amazing catalog and a, and Grammys, and the dude has won a Pulitzer Prize. Kendrick got yeah. Kendrick so, got classic albums. Kendrick's I a fair choice. Kendrick. I know, but you know people. People, people, you know, people have shit to say. When <laughs> <laughs> you say young, Kendrick like 30, in his 30s. I, I know, but I'm just saying people have shit to say. And, and when I have mentioned Kendrick before, people are like, he ain't got the catalog. I'm like, oh, okay. No, no, if they say he don't got the catalog, they definitely they definitely lying. They definitely Kendrick has the vision in, to take what's happening now to the future. You know, like Kendrick is like, a, like he is such a, he's a space alien. Like him and Andre 3000, they're not human. I don't think of them as like human people. They're like, they're on a whole nother plane. And they're, and they're both Geminis. And, <laughs> and Kendrick being like, no one hearing from Kendrick for like the last three or four years is so Gemini. And I'm like, you know what? I knew that Gemini gene was going to kick in at some time, <laughs> some point in time. But anyway, um, but I've been a, a Kendrick fan for ages since he was just k-dot and nobody knew who the fuck he was but like if you listen to some of his early demos bruh bruh uh-huh. Hold on. Uh, kendrick is section, section, <laughs> section 80 is section, that's probably one of my top 10 favorite albums ever yeah sex, section 80 is dope but if you listen to some of the demos even before then mm-hmm. um like cartoons and cereal oh man, oh on. my god yeah. like and, and on that demo he has so many styles. Like, I don't think people realize how talented he really is. Cause on that demo, he has he has a style where he sounds he sounds like DMX in one song, kind of. He has a um he has a Nas like and this is before he kind of I guess found his voice, but he just has this this versatility within him. He had a song where he kind of sounded like Nas, and then you know he just became he he found his voice later on but he just like i said had that ver- his versatility yeah. within him and lyrically and he has the message and he's just and he has that street cred it's the kind of the same i feel like a lot of people who can't who have who come from hard backgrounds but they had 
the people around them with the influence of the arts or jazz or whatever, they mm-hmm. end up being like amazing rappers or whatever. Go so, ahead. I'm saying Section 80, overly dedicated, uh, Good Kid, Mad City, to Pimper Butterfly, and damn, that's five classic albums. Like, oh, yeah. All of them. against anybody's discography. Anybody. Yeah. All of them. Uh, did you mention damn? Yeah, that was the last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, even the um the untitled one that was just like throwaway. Oh, yeah, untitled unmastered. Yep. Yeah, all of them. I just I ride to all of them. And good kid, my, good. I, I mean, I love Station Eighty, but Good Kid, Mad City is still my favorite Kendrick album, even so, above To Pimp a Butterfly. So I knew three tracks into Good Kid, Mad City that this was a classic album. It still had fifteen other songs to go. And I remember mm. when that shit dropped in like twenty ten, and I was at my job. And then all these older casts, that's what, that's what come in. All these older casts is like from New York, Detroit, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, yo, this is this is fine. This good kid, this is a class. This is a class. They're like, oh, why everybody call everything a classic? I don't get it. And then like a year, two years later, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and that's I, why I keep, huh? And I get it. And that's the only thing I'm not Drake about. Drake it's don't like Drake's, Drake's discography as far as like total complete bodies of work doesn't stack up to everybody else's. But as far as like making a hit, he, he can make a hit quicker than anybody else. Right. I mean, and he's figured out the formula. He's, fig- he's figured out that formula. You know, I'm like, me listening to his new album, I'm like, and I'm a, and again, I'm a Drake fan, but it sounds just like everything. It wasn't, it, to me, it's not elevated. Like, really? it was just, he, he, no. he, he, he definitely don't rap the same way he rapped when he first started. And I'm not saying when he first started that this album is no different from to me. It doesn't. It's this does not stand out. This is not elevated for your next thing happening during the pandemic. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I was saying, yeah, no, Scorpion is not something. It, Scorpion is not Good Kid, Mad City. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, and to your point, before I move on to Jay Z, which I'm not going to say that much about it, because like you said, Jay Z speaks for himself. Um, every Kendrick album is a complete album. Like it's um, a concept. Every album is a concept mm-hmm. album and, and it's a complete thought, which is hard as shit to do. A lot of people don't realize how fucking yeah. difficult a concept album is to make. Every individual song has to be good on its own, but every song has to work together to make the same statement. And a lot of rap albums, well, a lot of albums, period, just aren't concept. They, they're they like individual singles. Like, when you listen to them, you're like, they're dropping this to get streams. Like, this is a party song. This going to go in the club. And yeah. it's individual, but, like, working towards a single cohesive message is is not that. But, to, you know, I'll bang yeah. with it individually. So every, every album Kendrick does is a concept album. Anyway, Jay-Z is Jay-Z. Jay-Z has climbed in my list in the last decade. Just because um, he's become a, a an adult, I guess. <laughs> like it's like grown. He's 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 making grown people's rap to okay. me. Like I see the maturity. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like before everything, you know, I don't know. It's, it's certain rappers that I'm not naming names. That's like in their 40s and 50s. That's still rapping about selling dope. Still rapping about you know pimping hoes and yada yada yada. And it's like. Jay-Z just grew the fuck up. To me, Jay-Z represents what adult rap would be like, maybe. <laughs> like, if you're 50s and 60s or whatever, just rapping about adult shit. And 
and he still has the wordplay. He still has the skill and, and all of that other stuff, but his messaging changed. So, um, yeah. and you cannot argue against his business savvy at all. Like, so. Yeah. And that's my list, you know? There we go. <laughs> you don't got no so I, I think maybe that's a good list. That's a good list. And nobody's put Kanye on any of their list. I would think he's on my list. Okay. okay. I was just, and I'm just, and I don't want to start no fight. I'm trying to start no arguments. And I, had a bit of I was just saying. I, I got an honorable. I got an honorable mention since I, I know we can do honorable mentions until. Uh, yeah, so you have fifteen. You have fifteen. <laughs> right. You can have a whole um, other list. Uh, uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, I would say on my honorable mention is Scarface because to me, at a young age, he was That's the first person from the South that I had heard that was really, really spitting. <laughs> like before <laughs> Scarface, every everything else was like you know, what they call booty shape, Miami bass. And it wasn't like, like Southern rap just wasn't rap to me. Mm-hmm. I consider rap until I heard Scarface. And I was like, oh, um, and there's, I mean, he, he, his influence is massive, um, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, is that my only honorable mention? <laughs> I might, yeah, that might be my only honorable mention right now. I might think of somebody else. I'll let you okay. come back to it, but yeah. <laughs> cool. That was a good list. That's true. All right, here's my list. We literally had the same people, but I call slander, but okay. All right. You all literally did not have the same people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And Black Thought would be another honorable mission. My bad. I meant to, I meant to have him. Black you had, you had the same people on your honorable mention, <laughs> not on your top five. <laughs> oh, that tickled me. <laughs> well, I have... Tupac, and the reason why is see, I know Tupac from Digital Underground, so from Digital Underground to if Brenda had a baby came on right now, even without it, I could quote and say the whole Brenda's got a baby. That changed the game of like rap to me. That was the first rap song where I knew all the lyrics outside from Salt and Pepper. Like, so... Tupac was a poet. You could party. You could protest. You could do all that with yeah. with Pac. Yeah. Digital Underground. That's um. What is that? That's a uh, uh, the Humpty Humpty Yeah. Humpty Yes. <laughs> so Tupac is number one for me. Jay Z is my favorite rapper of all time, but he's not number one on my list. But Jay-Z is my favorite rapper. I think everybody has already given Jay-Z his props. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have Biggie next. I'm not like, I don't love Biggie though. So I'm not like one of those people that's like, oh, Biggie is the best. He's the greatest. Can't me not really enjoying the documentary. Sorry, I mean, it's fine. But um I'm not like a biggie lover, but I respect what he brought to the game. I respect what he's done for the culture. Um, you know, Ready to Die is actually a really good album. Uh, the next one, the one I met, the second Life album, after Life After Death, uh, it was just okay. I, I don't, to me. Just to me. Okay. Um, Fourth, I have Common because I enjoy some good conscious rap. 
And I think like Common is still out here rapping for the movement, rapping for Black Lives Matter. Like he's still out here doing stuff. And I don't think he gets as much props or recognition as he should. But he has influence. His writing, his flow. I just enjoy Common. And go ahead. My favorite, one of my favorite rap songs of all time is I Used to Love Her, but continue. Yeah, I mean, which then could also be turned into a good R&B song with Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, he wrote a whole song about rap, like about how he used, about how the game changed from what it was to what it is. And so, you know, right. any cute. So Common, <laughs> and then uh, Kanye is my fifth person because to this day if B and I are on a road trip the first thing we listen to is college dropout like and from beginning to end you can listen to the whole album the last time we listened to college dropout I started crying at the end I was like I didn't realize this was gonna touch me so this one song I'm in the car just crying so I don't know what it was about <laughs> college dropout was good. Late registration is good. Now this later stuff, you know, where he kind of was in a sunken place, you know, is a challenge. However, what, this what gospel you album the, was still good. What do you consider the sunken place? Like Pablo? After, after right that, after Life of Pablo. Right so after right after that. But it was started at Life after, um Life After Pablo. Um, and you could see it. Like, I like 808s and Heartbreaks, but a lot of people don't. I love 808s like and Heartbreaks, people. and I love my dark, twisted fantasy, whatever the fuck it's called. That's, I always say yeah. it. By opinion, <laughs> that's his best album. My dark, what, twisted fantasy. My beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. I think oh, it is. That's it a is. Album. That's a it perfect is. And album. It's a perfect concept album from beginning to end. And I love 808s and Heartbreaks as a concept album, too. Like, to me, like I was saying, like it's a co- it's a cohesive single thought. Both of them, eight oh eight and heartbreaks. Every song is just percussion, which is eight oh eight. Like like yeah. how 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 much can you um, throw your ideas into a single concept and narrative than to make everything a percussion instrument on the whole album? Like I I love the album and I love the my dark twisted. I, I can never name it right. You know what I'm my talking beautiful, about. My beautiful yes. daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I love that album too. It's, it's an amazing. And, and Nicki Minaj's best verse ever that has yet to be surpassed. She never surpassed <laughs> she, that verse. She can't Monster. do better. She can't do better than Monster. Has she done better than Monster since then? I don't know. Itty, bit, itty Bitty Piggy was pretty good. Oh, I don't even know what that is. That was, so, like, those are <laughs> early, that was the earliest though. Um, yeah, but after I heard her in Monster, I was like, oh, she's going to be a, a beast. And then it was like, mm. but Kanye is a producer and a rapper. Like, some of my favorite Jay Z songs are produced by Jay. So, like, I, he's on my list. So, my honorable mention, I have two honorable mentions since now we can do this. Um, Lauren Hill, who recently went diamond for the miseducation of Lauren Hill, you can still bump it to this day. From beginning to end. Yeah. That is the most important even, album of my life. That is the single most important album of my entire life to this day. 
And everybody I knew had that album. I didn't care everybody. what race they were. I didn't care what age they were. Everybody, everybody I knew had that album. I was, I was like, what, is recipro- what does reciprocity mean? I was like, let me, let me, let me listen. You know, like, you know, in 99, I didn't, have, I didn't have no cell phones. I had to like go to the dictionary and look it up. Like the miseducation of, we, okay, that's going to be, I feel, I feel like we just need to have like our top albums. Cause like that is, it, it, it's everything. It's everything. It's everything. It's and, everything. It's everything. And my fifth and my, 15, and my 15 year old stepdaughter, that was one like she just got an old school record player like year before last year or something. That was one of the first vinyl albums she wanted. Was the, like so when I said oh, everybody cool. fucking had that album, even in 2021. Even <laughs> Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill was guy. the first black woman that I knew white guys loved. I, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. I was like, oh, you like Lauren and you are rapping Lauren. like even Lauren <laughs> Fuji's Lauren, not Lauren by herself, but even yeah. Lauren in the Fuji's. So anyway, honorable mention to Lauren Hill. And then my second honorable mention, since Mark's had a whole list, I feel like I have two, is Ice Cube. Oh, Ice Cube, we would not have NWA. Yeah. The first album without Cube and his lyrics. Even Cube on his own has some songs that I really, really like. I don't love him like my husband does, but he is on my honorable mention list. And nobody had LL on any list? Like, did we not? Did L, is LL up well, there? Well, see, if we were doing time periods, I would have done, like, if I was doing 80s, 90s, I would have had Big Daddy Kane, L, yeah. But they didn't seem to fit this list i feel like I, or i feel like or i feel like we need to have one that's like the rap like the pioneers like are the the real the real foundation of modern day rap slash hip-hop because i have a i have a take that might be controversial i consider drake the ll cool j of this time period i like that i like that thought i like that thought marcus um, what do you say i mean i don't, I mean, I don't think that's too crazy too crazy yeah. I, like I guess, but I but guess. you really felt LL Cool J was hard. I you mean, you didn't uh, feel like yeah, yeah, you had bad. that, but you, but you got I'm bad. Like you felt like LL Cool J might actually knock you out, right? But it was like after because I the knock Drake on the the knock on LL <laughs> after like um the knock on LL from the hip hop heads as you call it after like the first album or maybe first two albums was that he was yeah. too soft, soft and, yeah. and he was for the women now and you know so that's well, why ladies I love cool day right. i mean it's, and i did so, man no. I, I need i put on i need love right now and be and be having to go to bed yeah like, it, it is just that it's just that but then, and then, and, you, then you can do I, mama said knock you out and then you'll be hype like you'll be ready and going and going back to cali still not oh. so hard that shit still not so hard the beat just yeah. The beat is yeah, yeah. The beat is the beat I, is what's up. I can't get over Kim not liking life after death. Like that's got like some bangers on it. I don't if, really if give time, me give me one. Give the time. <laughs> I mean that's fine. What uh, about what, uh, the, what's the, beef? the beef? What's beef? Yeah, the, the Tink Crack Commandments. What about he loves that fairy tale. All of these songs, the bone, the bone, the bone collaboration. You all are not going to help me here. I am not a <laughs> fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, but I just, I mean, hey, 
No dice. It's just okay. I mean, it's just okay. Like, I feel like if Biggie would have lived, his next albums would not have been great. He would be broke because oh, okay. he was, right. he was with I'm, Bad Boy. He was with Bad Boy, so Puffy would have taken all his money. He would have. <laughs> they would have had some kind of beef. And his last next project, she would have been like, "Dang, you really were a good rapper." And I don't know what happened. Like, I feel like that's what would have happened. I, I do feel like Diddy oh, does God. have a uh, a pattern. I don't know that. His pattern would have applied to Biggie because I think he he I think he was personally afraid of Biggie <laughs> in a way that he wasn't afraid of nobody else. But Diddy does have a pattern of hyping up your first album, maybe your second album, and then after that you go into obscurity. You be like, well, I mean, Biggie Biggie's Biggie's number one number one artist is himself. Like he he his his main property is him, and that's that's the problem now. After Did, Diddy, post, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Diddy's main yeah. property is himself post. You know, notorious Big. Um, so yeah, I don't know where it would have been. I don't, I don't. I think he probably would have, like he said, he would have gone into like acting and doing other others, other things. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. His third thing. album was gonna be a flop. Wow. Okay. I mean, it may not have been a flop, but I don't think it. I don't think if his third, fourth, his subsequent, his subsequent album would have been that great. Like he may have had one or two hits, but by his fourth album, we probably would have been like, okay, Biggie. Um, Especially if he would have stayed on Bad Boy. I mean, but some people said about the whole, some people said the same thing about Hove though. And he proved them wrong. I think this is just my hot take. I think everybody lives long enough to their first couple albums are hot. They go through a lull. And if you are as good as you're supposed to be, you have a um, reemergence or whatever. And then, and then your third group of albums are good as well. I mean, they, they say that the second album is the hardest album to make. The first oh, album yeah. is easy. The second yeah. album is the hardest one to make. Right. Well, I feel like people love uh, life after death because of what happened in real life. Mm-hmm. And I don't think his, if he would have gotten there, his subsequential, his albums would not have been. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's a, just, like I said, I could be wrong. We'll never know because exactly. unlike Tupac, he didn't release, he didn't have 12 zillion recordings. It's a catalog. So, right. Yeah. Well, but Tupac was trying his hardest to get out that damn deal. <laughs> Tupac, was, <laughs> Tupac was cranking out an album every, every day. <laughs> It's 2021. We still just a new Tupac album still dropping. Like what? <laughs> like like that uh Dave Chappelle skit. They was that Dave Chappelle oh, skit when they was up in the club and listening to the pop. He was like, when the towers came down and George he was like, what the fuck? She <laughs> was dead when this happened. <laughs> or was he? Right, right. So I I think it's interesting nobody mentioned Eminem. <laughs> I like I, Eminem. I like Eminem I would, too. He would have been in my top ten. Yeah, but not my top five. Just I like Lil Kim would have been in my top ten, but she's not in my top five. Just like you mentioned that he had won the Grammy, and I had totally forgot that. But I, I, I kind of feel like I, I, Eminem is very talented. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I, I, I feel I, like the powers that be 
really want to put the crown on him for various reasons. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> we ain't about that. We ain't about that over on this podcast. Not, on, huh? not, not in Trump's America. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, Eminem is highly talented. His, yes. his, his particular yes. raps, when he's serious, mm-hmm. I, I love his raps and I like his songs. Um, but he's often gimmicky and fun and just funny type stuff that I just don't really care about. And again, he don't have good beats either, which is odd because Dre is his Dre. producer. Like, how do you no, well, have no, bad He beats? had good beats no. on his first album. Yeah, the Marshall Mathers LP, that, they had good beats. They had good beats. Yeah. Okay. But he, he's about, he's a lyricist, you know? He, there's, there are very few people that are going to be able to step up to him. Yeah. I mean, in these lists were, these lists were all opinions, all feelings, no facts. I mean, it, I guess Eminem. You had facts in yours. You, you did research. No, I just, my criteria was just, my criteria was like influence and influence is subjective. Like Lauren Hill, you, y'all, like y'all like Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill affected you all differently than what affected me. Like my yeah. mother played, um, she played the, she was playing the album continuously. But like it, your mama was, was playing it. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thanks for sharing us, Marcus. <laughs> I, but at the same, it's, it's like I said, my 15 year old stepdaughter, she wanted the album. Like, I, to this I, you know, day, because right now, today, like you said, to me, the sign of, I think maybe this is what you're, you were talking about, the sign of a truly talented creator is for an album is you being able to put that album on and walk away. Like you do it, you just live your life. You can listen from beginning to end where Miseducation of Lauren Hill, you can do that. Like Kendrick, you can do that. I can do that with uh, Thank Me Later. Um, from Drake, like I'm like, there's certain are his what are his EPs? Like I'm like, there are just certain there because of the of the love and the passion that they put into it and making it like you said cohesive piece of art. Like think about like going to a art, going to a museum or an exhibit. Of course, things are going to be different in the exhibit, but there's going to be a through line. Like there is something right. connects all of these things. Um, and, I, and 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 like I said. Even though I, I hope I'm, I don't think I'm your mom's age, but Miseducation Lauren Hill came out my senior year of high school. And like, I remember like on Tuesday, we had to go to Walmart or Target to buy the CD, you know? So I was like, we were, I was like this, you know, they're playing it on the radio. I'm like, oh God, what is this? We're all singing it. I'm like, Tuesday, we all hidden, hidden Walmart trying to get, trying to get that CD. And it just, to this day, it, and I still have those same um, feelings. Like I, it's like the first time I listen to the fucking album. Every time, let every me, time. Let me, let me tell you how influential Miss Education Lauren Hill was I mean, and still is. Is that her not being in music is a void that everybody yeah. feels, <laughs> and it's like people keep trying to to crown somebody else as the new Lauren Hill or this new person, and, and nobody is that. Because yeah. this this bitch could sing her ass off, like sing, sing. If she just sang, she would be one of the strongest vocalists. If she just rapped, she would be one of the strongest lyricists. She was the best singer and best rapper in her group and on the stage with a whole bunch of other dudes you put her on there with. And she could act. And the album was dope. And it's like, yeah. like no disrespect to Alicia Keys, but Lauren Hill got had one of those five Grammys the first time, whatever. And then they, they gave Alicia Keys five Grammy wins. And I was just like, this album ain't <laughs> miseducation. I know y'all are looking for the next Lauren Hill. And this is a cool album and all, 
but this ain't it. Like, don't yeah. be in such a hurry to just crown whoever. And I remember I was talking to a dude years ago who loves Drake. And he was like, Drake is like Lauren Hill. And he was trying to say that because no. Drake sings no. and Drake raps. But I was like, but Drake ain't gonna never be the strongest vocalist on his own. And he ain't gonna be the strongest lyricist on his own. Like Lauren was the strong, one of the strongest, either of those categories on her own. And I yeah. know y'all ready to don, Dr- crown Drake as the this next big thing, but that's I well, think well, that's the difference. Late, well, first of all, it's too late for that. He is the big thing, and secondly, you don't think. But Michael- is he the best thing because uh, oh, is God. he the best thing because there's that void there, and he's just there. He's just here right I'm now. So saying, no, I mean, I, I people think, are still chasing more. This album yes, came that's what I'm out. Saying. People still chasing more. They're gonna never catch Still chasing it. People are sitting for hours waiting for her to come to a show and she's going to be late and it be might, cut off. And might not show up. This bitch might not show up and she going to lie to y'all and say she coming ain't going to come. She going to say her chakras weren't aligned that day and the moon <laughs> was the oceans and all the tide was off and she, and people still going to pay $60 instead of three, four, five hours waiting. Just for the opportunity. Just for the opportunity. Yes. Just for the opportunity. Just for the opportunity. Y'all gonna make me watch Dave Chappelle's uh, block party. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I need to like watch that now. I don't even watch it. I mean, Lauren Hill is still relevant. So I just recently got a Peloton. Peloton this week is releasing a Lauren Hill artist series where they are featuring all Lauren's music in a cycle class, a strength, a yoga, a this. I was like, Lauren Hill like yeah. made no new music that we wanted to listen to since since the miseducation. She made that yeah, other that album. That live album was, that live album, was, she was doing too much She crying. was going like, through it. I don't know what you're saying. You're crying too much. I don't know right. what you're saying. She, she, she has was going a, through it. A couple songs on there that I still listen to. But but Lauren put so much into that album and was so talented. She she just, she did the SpongeBob meme before anybody else. She was just like, uh, I'm gonna head on out. <laughs> I'm gonna drop this and I'm gonna head on out. Cause, <laughs> Ain't nothing else I can do. What else can I do after this? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren. No. No, X- well, X Pack is a classic for sure. I would everything, say, Mark, everything. you have the most controversial list. <laughs> Mel had the most just I'm out here list. Mel had the most what in the entire just, I'm just out here. <laughs> Mimi had the, the most thoughtful list. list. Mimi's list was the most nah, thoughtful. No, nah, I, I don't know what was the only thing controversial on our list was Drake. Y'all just don't like Drake being in the top five of anything. And Ti, you, you, I don't know how y'all just like Ti, man. Yeah, I shouldn't be. Um, I like Ti, but I don't think he's in my top five. The again, I think that's where you lo- your your list fell after the first three. Your honorable mentions had more strength than the man, man. bottom. Urban, okay, <laughs> trap music, trap music, urban legend, paper trail. Like we we talked about Kendrick's like first five albums. Ti's first five albums is classics. Again, I enjoy Ti. He would be in my top ten. <laughs> I, he just wasn't in my top ten. I, I just but man, wow. Okay, and you from Atlanta? That's all for me. And I'm you from, from Atlanta? He just not in my top five. I, my my thing with um Ti I, I, I always felt like Ti didn't live uh, didn't live up to his full lyrical potential for some reason. 
elaborate, elaborate, elaborate. Does he have one of those? You feel? Yeah, yeah, because like on a lot of songs when he's um, back in the day, when he was featured with other top tier rappers, mm-hmm. oftentimes he was he was the he outshone everybody. Like lyrically, he like super, superseded all of them. Absolutely. And. and but like, I feel like he was dedicated to this trap vibe or or almost like he kind of dumbed it down or slowed it down to get into this vibe of, but when he was being lyrical, if he was uh, with a Jay-Z or somebody else, he would kill it. And I'm just like, I, I wanted that all the time. I, I mean, wanted it all the time. I, mean, I think that's fair. Maybe. But you're talking about, that's fair. I mean, but should that also add to him though? Like he shows his versatility on top of already creating genre music. But I think what I hear her saying is that he didn't he didn't go to his fullest with that. He limited it because he wanted to be he he put himself as I'm the king of the south, I'm the trap music king. So it's only so much I'm going only so far I'm going to go. When he could go further than that. Uh, okay, okay. All right. I mean, I, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it other than, again, when he was on the stage or or, or on a verse with rap greats, he would no, murder no, it. No, I, I definitely and, said I definitely Yeah, and, and when he was just on his own, he was just kind of like, it, it was like, he was just, not that he was, was sipping syrup on drugs or whatever, especially not to the extent that Wayne was, I'm not saying that, but it was just like, it was just like, yeah. all right, I ain't gotta give, I ain't gotta give you 10 no, on no. my own, on my own, but I give you 15 when I'm over here with Jay-Z. And I was just like, uh, I, I, I wanted you to give me 10 all the time, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So anyway. Yeah. I think that's fair. Well, I mean, he I was, mean, worried, about, like he was worried about taking his career to he was he was focused on doing and acting and doing other things and starting businesses. And I feel like when you when when the focus is taken off of the music and the lyrics and put on the commercial, then things will definitely change. And I think that's where he went because he was ready to do other things. Mm-hmm. He does he does them great, you know. Does he does them well or did them well? I don't know. Yeah. Right now he's can he's canceled as of today for a lot of people, so I don't know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we, we not. I mean, not gonna touch. Yeah. We're not gonna get on that. It's it's a lot of people on some of these lists that's canceled. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. But y'all not gonna cancel Uncle Luke. <laughs> hey, Uncle Luke got in and out before uh before council culture. He was like, I'ma head right on out. I'ma head out. But there was now is uh, last night on Twitter it was like someone from Fox said that like Generation X is gonna save everybody with the cancel culture. It's like Generation X, like I'm like, I'm Generation X. Dude, I'm like, we worry about taking care of our families and our parents. Like, we don't got time for this shit. We were like, they like list all the people that we like are still like not canceling. And it was all the problematic rappers and singers. Right. Like, no, we're not canceling them either. So no, Generation X will not save you guys. Sorry, we're, we're too busy. <laughs> we're too busy. And y'all know what I feel like so old. Have y'all seen that commercial? It's a, a, a I think a Geico or a progressive commercial. And the, 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 <laughs> yes, and I was like, and I was like, oh God, I'm I'm the parent. Like <laughs> I'm the I'm the parent in this like when the girl is like she like storms out, she's like, whatever, mom and dad. Right. It's just how the like, kids are looking at them like, Ugh. Yeah. Y'all so lame. I was like, oh my God, I remember when Tag Team came out and I love this song and like I'm yeah, I'm the mom and dad. Hmm. Yeah, you are. I am. But I love that commercial though. <laughs> it is so fun. It makes me happy. 
when he throwing sprinkles in the air, y'all, I lose it every fucking time. I'm done. No sprinkles. <laughs> sprinkles. <laughs> die well that was a fun thing to do for everybody i hope everybody like uh, enjoys it and uh we had a good time doing it. even though my list was just a really fun list of all great people you know rappers and people groups um i'm not sure what we're doing next but thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of four layer takes again if you have uh iTunes, if you listen to us on itunes please rate and review us so that we can kind of move up um, in the ranks on that app. Uh, please, you know, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, um, all social media platforms, and let us know if you haven't already, you can still let us know your top five and we, we won't judge you. We might have to shout you out again and shout out to me and, and everybody who did um, uh, contribute to the top five list of their favorite apps. <laughs> all right, guys, that's all we got. I'll, we'll see you later. Bye. 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 Deuces.